Hello world! Welcome back to our second episode of Bite Size Blockchain, a podcast for people with a bite-sized curiosity about the impact of blockchain technology in the world. I'm Blakey Larson. And I'm Rafi Chines. We're two MBA students at UC Berkeley Haas School of Business. Blakey and I have had so many interesting conversations about blockchain that we decided to make a podcast. I hear from so many people that are curious about blockchain, but they don't understand it. Does that ring a bell? Is that you? If so, this podcast was made specifically for you. We're going to focus on the human side of blockchain, not the technical side. You don't need to know all the details about how it works to appreciate the businesses and applications that this technology can enable. Today we're talking about how money moves around the world and how much it costs to move your own money. Spoiler alert, way more than it needs to. We hope you enjoy this episode. Blakey, when we first started discussing this blockchain podcast, you brought up remittances um, as something that's really important to you. So tell me, what is a remittance and why should we care? This is my favorite topic. It really exemplifies how blockchain can democratize the global financial system. In my case, I learned about this market when I was a Peace Corps volunteer in Samoa. I'm still outraged at the exorbitant fees that are charged for people to move their own money around the world. Wow, so democratizing the global financial system, that's a pretty big statement. Yeah, it's huge. I love it. I'm so excited. But let's start with the definition of a remittance. A remittance is when you send money to somebody else in another country. They're endearingly referred to sometimes as dollars wrapped with love. It's often a member of a family working in another country, potentially a student living and studying abroad. It's often from a more well-developed industrial economy or a country to a slightly less so, but not always the case. How common are remittances around the world? How much money are we talking about? To give you an idea, $429 billion was remitted from developed to developing countries in 2016. Wow. So that's basically half a trillion dollar market. Yeah. It's a lot. And get this, the fees are so high. And we hate fees. We hate fees. We hate fees. That should be the tagline for this podcast. We hate fees. (laughs) Hashtag we hate fees. So I also hate fees. And get this, the average cost of sending a remittance is over 7.5% of that transaction. So if there was $429 billion remitted... That means $32 billion in fees. Wow, that's pretty incredible. Is this the same for B2B as it is for C2C? <laughs> Good use of jargon. Yeah, so what I'm talking about here is individuals remitting usually pretty small, like it can vary a lot, but small to, to large amounts of money to their family pretty consistently. It's really similar for businesses, even banks. Here's an example. If I, uh, you and I work at a company together and you have $10,000 and you're asked to transfer that to your business partner in France, what's the fastest way you could send that money to France? Well, probably the fastest way would be to get on a plane with a bunch of cash and fly it over. But barring that, um, I suppose a wire transfer at a bank or 
maybe some internal company transfer across our bank accounts? You were right the first time. The fastest way is to actually go to a bank, take that out in cash, and fly it around the world. It is ridiculous that it takes this long for money to move, even within a single bank. So what's, the, what's at the root of this problem? Why does it take so long? Well, the entire financial system was built before the internet. You know, it's called a wire transfer because they used to use wires. Western Union started as a telegram company, right? So if you're an individual sending money through a bank, if you are part of a community bank in one country and that bank doesn't have an office in the other country, then you need to go through correspondent banks, which is just a word for intermediaries, like in between your bank and the bank of where you're sending it to. So every single day, this can be through three, five banks, maybe just for one money transfer. Plus all the legacy technology in this banks, sometimes they can only process things once a day. It's called a batch process. So they collect everything throughout the day and then process it, say at midnight. If you're waiting for every single bank to finish their batch process, that's why it can take three to five days. The other thing is that it is super expensive. So according to the WTO, in one year, it will cost $1.6 trillion to move money around the world. So that's the cost of all the people who are managing and processing this. That's not just the fees, but the fact that it's so expensive and takes so long and requires so many touch points just adds to why it's so expensive for individuals like us. Wow. So I guess to summarize for everyone who wants to move money around it's really expensive and it takes a lot of time so i think you'll probably guess what my next question is but what kind of solution does blockchain provide love this question <laughs> the solution has to do with cryptocurrencies so bitcoin is an example of this cryptocurrencies can be a medium to exchange money across borders a company that wants to compete with Western Union, for example, could set up an exchange in two countries, say the U.S. and the Philippines. They can accept U.S. dollars in the U.S. and exchange it for Bitcoin, and then exchange Bitcoin to pesos in the Philippines. This is super fast. It can happen in seconds, and it's super cheap. So each transaction is really inexpensive. It's much better for the consumers, that's you and I, it's much better than all the traditional alternatives. It's faster, cheaper, and it gives people like you and I more control over our own money and less reliance on traditional financial institutions. So this is what I meant about democratizing the global financial system. Got it. So is this happening today? Yes, it is. So Abra is an example of a company that uh, works for remittances, this peer-to-peer -peer transfers. So they allow you to send and receive money all over the world, and it also actually lets people buy Bitcoin, which uh, it's cool to see that that functionality is expanding all over the world. For banks, there's a company called Ripple, based here in San Francisco, that actually created their own cryptocurrency called XRP, and they set up a similar sort of system for banks to transfer money around the world or even within their own banks across borders. Wow, so this sounds like the future. I believe it is. I actually got to hear Chris Larson speak. He is the founder of Ripple. He came to Haas last year. And he spoke about how, you know, the shipping container sped up how stuff moves around the world. 
the internet sped up how data moves around the world, and blockchain is a third piece of this triangle that will let value move around the world at the same pace as information. This is pretty incredible, Blakey. I, th- I feel like we could go on and on to talk about how transferring money in a more efficient and less expensive way can lead to a number of ripple effects. But for this bite-sized blockchain episode, maybe we should leave it there. I love it. We took a bite out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed we did. Get in touch on Twitter. I love hearing from listeners, and I will reply to 100% of people who reach out to me. I'm at Blakey Larson, B-L-A-K-E-Y-L-A-R-S-E-N. And that concludes the second episode of Bite Size Blockchain. We'll see you next time. Woo! <laughs> <laughs>